Hello and welcome. So we have begun the holy season of Lent. Before I begin to speak about the scripture readings of this Sunday's Mass, I just wanted to share an, an idea I came across, or a quote rather, I came across recently. In this year of St. Joseph, I am redoing the consecration to St. Joseph. It's a wonderful 33-day journey to understand this great saint and this most important man in the life of Jesus and of Our Lady. And it comes from a book by Father Donald Calloway called Consecration to St. Joseph, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father. It's a book that's obtainable easily within Australia, but also from the United States. Here in Australia, Perusia in Sydney uh, has stocks of it. And I'll put a couple of notes about it in the show notes of this podcast. But early on, on day five of the uh, journey of consecration to St. Joseph, Father Calloway speaks about holiness, which is a good thing to ponder about in during the season of Lent. And he makes this important point that holiness is not some unattainable spiritual summit that you can never hope to reach. But rather, holiness is living in intimate, loving communion with God. Now, isn't that something we should ponder during the season of Lent? Isn't it something that Lent should be about, bringing us this year more into an intimate and loving communion with God day by day. He goes on to say that specifically holiness is observing the two great commandments of love of God and neighbour, avoiding sin, leading a life of virtue and abiding in sanctifying grace. And to do this, he says, we need the Holy Spirit in our life. Wherever St. Joseph is present, the Holy Spirit is present. So St. Joseph can be a great companion in this journey of holiness, both within the season of Lent as well as in our whole lives. So I encourage you to keep going with how you have begun Lent, to grow in holiness, in other words, to grow closer to God, to come to know him more, to be in intimate and loving communion with him. In the Gospel of this Sunday's Mass, we hear our Lord say, The time has come, and the kingdom of God is close at hand. Repent and believe the good news. These words our Lord said at the beginning of his public ministry They're very brief, aren't they? But they carry deep meaning. So let's examine them a little in each part. The time has come, he said. This reminds us that Christ's coming is not random or accidental. It is as a result of God's deliberate plan of salvation. And also Christ's coming ushers in a new age in human history, which is called the age of fulfilment. First of all, right back at the beginning, there was the age of creation, when mankind lived in unbroken communion with God. 
This ended with original sin, which drove Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden and into the desert of fallen human nature. And so began the second age, the age of the promise. In this second age, God gradually prepared the world through the education of his chosen people, Israel, for the arrival of the Saviour, Jesus Christ. With his birth began the third and final period of human history, the age of fulfilment. When God actually enters into time and space to rescue mankind from sin and from separation from him. We live in the age of fulfilment. Our Lord also said in the Gospel, the kingdom of God is close at hand. In the first age of creation, the kingdom of God was operative and God's sovereign and kind rule was unbroken in all things. The first sin of Adam and Eve fractured that. Christ came to restore the rule of God over everything. And that's what redemption and salvation mean. Bringing all people and all things to God so that he might lovingly govern all. We live in the age where this is gradually, sometimes haltingly, being accomplished. And then at the end of time, God's rule will be completely in operation once more and all will be fulfilled. Our Lord also said in the Gospel, Repent and believe the Gospel. We heard those words on Ash Wednesday. This is the response of those who want God's rule in their lives. They turn from sin, from anything that takes them away from God or is an obstacle to God. They believe in the gospel and in the coming of Christ as saviour of all. Now God does not need to be reminded of things, he knows all, but we need to be reminded. And that's why the first Sunday of Lent always includes, from one of the gospels, this reminder of the whole plan and design of salvation, stretching right back through human history, Unto this very day. St. Peter reminds us in the second reading today that the saving of a few in Noah's ark is to be understood as pointing towards the saving waters of baptism. Each of us who are baptized has received the waters of rebirth, which brought about in us the new life of grace. But we need the discipline of Lent because, as Pope St. Leo the Great wrote, we have to struggle every day against the rust of our earthly nature. And so there are sins, the actual wrong things we do or the actual good we fail to do. And some sins are minor, venial, and some are major, mortal. Venial sin weakens the life of grace in us. Mortal sins kill the life of grace. There is also sin, which is a state of existence, 
It's a bit like being sick. A person is sick, which is a state of existence. While it might actually be a cold or the flu, heart disease or cancer that is the actual illness. All of us labour under the influence of sin. That's why we are tempted by and attracted towards actual sins. Lent is a time to repent of our actual sins and to go to confession. Remember that confession is for all sins, venial or mortal. By prayer, fasting and almsgiving of Lent, we weaken the power and effect of sin in our lives. Now we have to be honest about Lent. It's hard. It's hard to engage in the self-mastery that more focused prayer, fasting and almsgiving require of us. In a society that stresses self-fulfilment, personal happiness, the primacy of how one feels, and success, mastery of self is truly countercultural. Yet we do not engage in the spiritual disciplines of Lent for any other reason than to demonstrate our love for Jesus and to recognise his obedience to the Father's will, which is our model and our hope. While the disciplines of Lent have a natural counterpart in the discipline of the athlete and the scholar, the spiritual self-mastery of Lent is to help us to remain faithful to our baptismal promises and to resist temptations. Self-mastery is a long and exacting work. We can never consider it acquired once and for all in this life. Lent gives us the annual, extended and focused time to sharpen, renew and deepen our spiritual life and to strengthen our will. Each Lent can take us further on the road of self-mastery. So let us encourage one another in the Lenten disciplines. Let us pray for each other. And let us enlist our guardian angel, our patron saints and all the saints whom we admire, to assist us, so that we may not weaken or weary in the effort of Lent, and that we may arrive in Holy Week renewed and made ready to honour the passion and death of the Lord and to greatly rejoice in his resurrection on Easter Sunday. Praised be Jesus Christ.